This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. Of course, in this edition, we'll be talking about Tottenham's trip to Old Trafford, Manchester United 2, Tottenham Hotspur 2. We had to come back twice from behind. Uh, Benton Kerr and Richarlison getting the Tottenham Hotspur goals. Hoyland and Rashford scoring for Manchester United. Debuts for Werner and Ragusin today. And Ange Postacoglu has just come out and said he was proud of the effort from the team. As usual, I've got three very special guests to talk about today's game. Back with us is channel regular Craig Dearman. Craig, how are you? I'm all good, Chris. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was, you know, I don't know what everybody else thinks we'll get into it, but it was, it was kind of pleasing to put in not only a good performance, I thought Old Trafford but actually come away with something for once. I know we talked to them during COVID, didn't we? But we, it's not been a happy hunting ground. So when you take everything into consideration, which I'm sure we'll get into... Yeah, it's not too bad, to be honest with you. I'd have took that. So, yeah, not bad at all. You're absolutely right, Craig. We've only won Old Trafford four times in the Premier League era since it started in 1992. Um, so, you know, certainly with all of those injuries uh, out today, um, I'd certainly have taken a point. Um, also back with us is um, Kimberly Chambers, of course, best-selling author. Kimberly, how are you? I'm good, thanks. And, uh yeah, I agree with Craig totally. Like, I was, you know, I'm a bit doom and gloom. It's like a bogey ground for us, Old Trafford. And as you said, I know we had the one decent result there, but I just was expecting, for some reason, whenever they play play us, someone usually plays a blinder, you know, and gets an hat-trick or a brace or something. And uh, I was thrilled with the performance today. Uh, you know, obviously we should have won it, but still very, very pleased with what I saw. We will certainly get into it all. And also back with us is Channel Regular, radio presenter, TV presenter, Russ Williams. Russ, how are you? Very good. Thanks, Chris, Kimberly, Craig, everyone listening and watching. Thank you for having me. 
Um, all in all, a, a good sort of early evening's work at Old Trafford, I thought. lot to be extremely positive about. A couple of little negative bits we'll come on to later. Uh, but these are, you know, I think the point I'd like to make, Chris, at the very beginning of the show is a lot of these players who played today, uh, a handful nearly, wouldn't be playing normally. And look yep. how they slot in to what Ange wants them to do and they get it up here. And, you know, I have to say, I've been a, a real big critic of Ollie uh, Skip. Uh, but I thought he was really good today overall. Yep. And, you know, full credit to him. And and they were all great, you know. I mean, I'm disappointed we didn't win, but you can't have everything. Well, let's have a look at the Premier League table because um, Spurs remain fifth in the Premier League table. We've now played 21. We've won 12, drawn four, lost five. We've got a goal difference of plus 13. We have 40 points. We are five points away from top spot. Of course, Liverpool lead the way at the moment. And Foster Coglu in his press conference the other day said that Spurs are title contenders. I'll get your thoughts on that later on in the show. Now, the match stats, Manchester United had 36% possession, Tottenham 64% shots. Manchester United had nine to Tottenham 16. Shots on target, Manchester United only had two to Tottenham six. Corners, United had eight to Tottenham's 13. And fouls, United eight, Spurs five. Now, before I get all of your thoughts on the game, let's hear from Ange Postacoglu. Uh, he spoke in his press conference straight after the match. Considering kind of the challenges we had, sort of putting the team out there today, and <clears throat> difficult place to come and play. Obviously, a big game for for United as well. Um, you know, win today sort of would give them some momentum. We got a goal down pretty early, and <clears throat> this group of players just. Um, Every time we've had to deal with adversity, just do it in an outstanding manner and um, couldn't be proud of them. I thought a standing effort, I thought our football was, was fantastic. I thought we were unlucky not to win the game, but uh, irrespective of that, the performance and the effort that the boys put in was, uh, was uh, first rate. <laughs> Russ, let's come to you. Um, Ange Postacoglu said their um, fantastic football is extremely happy with the point. Do you feel the same? Yeah, I mean, for two reasons. The one that I said at the beginning of the show that every player in the squad buys into the system and, and what Postacoglu and his coaching staff want to do. And secondly, let's be really honest about it. They're a pretty bang average team with... Two or three pretty good players, United, but you know their season has been dreadful. And uh, you know, with a with a full complement, I think we would have almost certainly beaten them today. So we can take a lot of heart from that. Um, but um, I think we did play some really good football today. I mean, defensively for both goals, you know, I mean they were both really good strikes of the ball, clever from Rashford. I, I thought that we probably could have done a little bit better, uh, especially conceding so early on. But it, it, this team are not phased, are they, guys? You know, they just go, OK, we're a goal down. They moan at each other. And Vicario usually is, is the one who's the biggest moaner and shouting at people. And quite often he's right, I'm sure. And then we just buckle down and get on with it and play our football. And the possession stats, all of those stats you put up there, Chris, I mean, stark how much better we were 
And, uh, you know, to go to Old Trafford and dominate the ball, have nearly twice as many shots as them. Um, and that's just for starters. I think it says an awful lot about where this group of players is. And, you know, without four or five of our best players as well. I mean, it really is very, very encouraging, I think. And I've, I've said it before on, on here with you, Chris, um, and I'm sure some of your listeners and viewers will remember it. It's next season, I think, that we are going to be such a dangerous team. But Angie's right, I think. We are in the mix. It is amazing, Russ, isn't it? The fact that we were today without Asuma, Saar, Kulusevsky, also Madison, Son, yeah. Solomon, Perisic. And we can still play like that. And yeah. is still trusting in a lot of these players and they're delivering for him. Yeah. Well, it's he gives them confidence just by his very demeanour, the way that he speaks. You, you know, he's got a sense of humour. Craig, but let's get your thoughts on this evening's game. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I said before, I was quite pleased with, with the point. Um, having having said that, you do. It's slightly tinged with um, thinking we we should have won. To be honest, um, at the end of the day, though, like I said before, you get a point at Old Trafford, then, then you've got to be happy. Um, Werner makes a debut. I thought he did look like a player, and I will get into the players soon. But I thought he did look like a player that had been out for a little while. First half, um, kind of took the easy ball in. You know, I'd, I'd, I wanted to see him taking on his man because he was he was against Dallow, and he, he would have absolutely rinsed him every time. And in the second half, it was good to see him actually going on the outside and getting a cross crossing. And of course, he got his assist, which is great. And that would you would think hopefully only get better, but. Um, it's like you said, Chris, with the amount of players we've got out, with the flu or cold or whatever it was that kept Kulisevsky out, absolutely ruining the um, the squad during the week. You know, when you, when you take everything into account, the players we've got out and still put in a performance like that, dominate at Old Trafford, dominate possession, dominate the shots. It, it, it's pretty unbelievable, really, when you think about it like that. Because there's t- there's players playing today that wouldn't get anywhere near our best first eleven, so it, it's quite remarkable what Angie's doing and how we've got through this period. And my word, if we can get a few players back for the uh, Man City game, which I know we'll come on to, but you know, we get through that, you've got to be uh, looking, looking, looking up. Hopefully, and uh, just goes to show if we'd won that Villa game, which we should have done. Swap positions with Villa, we'd have, we'd have been a lot nearer the top, even though we're not far off now. So amazing, really. Kim, let's get your thoughts on this evening's game. Well, it's going well for me. At this point, about near the top, I'd rather be where we are now. I don't want to hit the top too, too early, Chris. I want to do it. I hope to Arsenal with like. You know, not so many games to go. I think it's April we've got them, isn't it? Um, but no, I mean, today's game, I um, I just thought we did so well. I mean, considering, I mean, I don't know what bug was going around there. I didn't even know that we, the, 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 the squad had suffered from sort of some kind of illness until Kulu was sort of ruled out and it came out in, in the news then. But, I mean, there's got to have been other players that were affected by that earlier in the week. I think they did marvellously. It's just, when I saw the bench, I thought it looked, you know, obviously a bit weak. I think we had two keepers on it, didn't we? And, uh, 
I thought, oh dear, you know, like, and you, I think because we've had such bad luck with injuries as well, you just you just worry every time someone goes down. Or I was a bit worried about Werner where he hadn't played so long. I thought, God, you know what I mean? You don't want him pulling an hamstring. Perhaps that's why in the first half he didn't try to roast people as much as what he, he perhaps could. But like I thought, everybody did well in the end. I thought Ollie Skip, as, as I think Craig said, had a good, or, or, or Russ said, had a, had a good game. Um, I, I, I just thought, I thought in the first half, defensively, we looked a bit lapsed, but their two goals were taken very, very well, you know. But I mean, it's getting really when considering they've had two shots on target, and they were the two goals. They've not, you know, they've done not much else. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not as as we as we touched on earlier. It's not been a, a lucky hunting ground for us. I think, was it Pedro Mendes that time ever since then and ever since I remember, really? We've, we've always had a bit of unluck where someone's played a blinder up there and, and um, against us. That, but maybe they haven't done that for, for many numerous games before. And we come up there and all of a sudden they turn into Pele, like, you know. So, really, yeah, I, you know, I was happy. If that, that last-minute goal would have gone in, I'd be absolutely gutted, you know. Um, and... Uh, so I'm just glad, really, we came away with what we came away with. But, yeah, onwards and upwards, I'm really confident about the rest of the season. Although they played, it was actually Skip and Udoggy um, who were sick this week as well. And uh, Ange also confirmed it was two or three others. Um, Kim, how do you feel or how did you feel in the last couple of days when you heard Ange Postacoglu come out and say that Spurs are title contenders? How does that make you feel? Well, I mean, it's such a weird season. There's no one really running away with it. There's, I mean, obviously, I think City are going to get better now. De Bruyne's back. You know, they, you know, the difference he made when he came on yesterday. So they're going to have a real push now, I think. But nobody's really like. I don't think there's anybody in that league on our day with our players that's better than us. If I'm, if I'm perfectly honest, and I mean, he's a miracle worker to do what it, to have big hands to do what he's done and change us around that quickly from the style of football we was playing to, to the way we're playing now. The man's a magician, you know. I just, I, I've never known a manager to come in and have such an impact in all the years. And I, I've been a big Spurs fan since 1977. You know, not taking away what Keith Birkinshaw done or Poch or even David Pleat in, in part of his time. But I, I just, he, he, he's just, he's just magic. This guy's just magic. I mean, he's, He's unbelievable, like, and as you said earlier, the players are buying into it. You can see they're buying into it. Where every, I think, perhaps they were all so sick of playing the way we play. They can, you know, it looks like, and I think the character of the players he's bringing in, it's not just about like how they play. It's about their character, and you need that. You know, you need someone who's going to turn up on time, that 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 wants it as 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 much as you do. Do you know what I mean? And and it looks like he's going for players, not just for for their like potential or for their skills, but also for their personality and will they fit in that dressing room? And I think that's really important as well. Russ, same question to you about um, Ange saying that we're title contenders. Do you, do you think that Spurs have got enough to, to push the likes of Manchester City for the title? Or do you, do you really think it is all about next year and going for the title next year? I think the chances are it is about next year, but we're in a really good position. You know, it's, a, it, it, you know, it's, it's football, but it's a horse race if you look at the table, isn't it? And at the moment, you know, we're coming round Tatman Corner. And we're uh, fifth uh, or joined fourth 
And, uh, you know, how many times do we watch somebody in the derby just kind of burst away and just nick it at the end? I mean, you never know. I, I, I do believe, and it was interesting after the game that Ange spoke when he was asked, you know, they said, you know, are, are you going to have success here? And he said, it's a long, dark tunnel and we need to start seeing the light and we need to get to the end of the tunnel and, and I hope that we can. And I think that we're all on board with that. But nobody expects us, I don't think, realistically, to win the Premier League. And that is where the, the pressure is off, really. I think a lot of people in football, other fans are in the camp, next season they're going to be trouble sort of thing. And uh, let's see, I mean, if we could beat City in the FA Cup, big if, but De Bruyne can only, in his own words, play, play 25 minutes. So he's not going to be a nuisance for the entire 90, probably. If we could beat them and then, you know, home game against Brentford the following Tuesday and win that, players back, it's a, it's a springboard. You know, I don't want to sound too happy-clappy, really, but this is what Ange does to us, doesn't he? Because I looked at that team today and I thought midfield were in big trouble. How wrong was I? How wrong was I? And probably a lot of other people as well. Russ, there's nothing wrong with happy clappy at all. And no. just Andrew's done a great job in these last six months and long may yeah. this continue. Um, Craig, um, how do you feel about Anne saying that we're title contenders and you know what what more do you think that you know we need to do in this transfer window to perhaps, you know, get there? Um, yeah, I mean, Russ has used a uh, horse racing analogy. I'll use a golf analogy because I know Russ likes his golf as well. Um, it's a bit like you're going into the back nine at Augusta on a Sunday and we're four down uh, going, going into the turn and we've got Rory McIlroy and the prime Tiger Woods ahead of us. We've got to make up four shots, but anything can happen on the back nine at Augusta on a Sunday. So, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Do I think it's achievable yes do i think it's probable no uh, i think we're probably ahead in the project where they wanted to be i think we've got to be realistic but dare to dream you know uh and has got everybody believing and i think you know what i totally agree with him you know we we are in a title race from a points perspective i don't think any of us are that deluded to think that we're going to win it but my god i think we're going to give it a good go and nobody's really running away with it city you know, obviously they've got Haaland to come back and De Bruyne looked very good when he's come back in his little cameo yesterday. Um, Liverpool still look good. Obviously, we've got that mob down the road. I think we're capable, easily capable of finishing above them. Villa haven't had their blip yet. So, I think as Gary Neville said on Sky, he said, I think Spurs could push for second or third. Um, and they were actually being quite complimentary, even Jamie Redknapp uh, about Tottenham. Um Gary Neville did say it might do us a favour to go out of the FA Cup. And Jamie Redknapp actually uh, actually said, no, they need a trophy. You know, so the fans want a trophy. I'd take the trophy all day long. Uh, have to agree with him, you know. But Roy Keane said, why not do both? So, you know, people are saying good things. So, look, it is achievable. As for the transfer window, I think Ange would probably want one more, perhaps a midfielder. And then you can look at whether you want to let Hoybier go um, or even loan skip out. I don't know. Um, if we can get one more midfielder in, remember you've got Saar and, and obviously Bissouma and others to come back. Kulishevsky was desperate to play today, but he just wasn't well enough. So that's another big miss today. And like Russ said, you know, looking at that midfield, I was a bit 
nervous because I didn't see where the creativity was coming from, but we got through it. And what I look at it, I looked at it today and I thought, am I disappointed not to get a win at Old Trafford? Yes, I was a little bit disappointed, but I'll take the draw. But look, if you'd put out our second string, if you like, or a vast majority of our second string over the last two or three years, we'd have got walloped today. And that's the key. That's the difference. And that comes from good management, good training and belief in the players. So all in all, I'm, I am a happy Clapper Spurs fan at the moment. And uh, if anybody wants to disagree with me, that's up to you. But I'm quite happy at the moment. Yeah, well said, Craig. Um, can I come round you and just ask you very quickly, who, are your, who was your man of the match today? Craig, let's start with you. Oh, do you know what? Benton Kerr got it, but our big shout, Strikers Union for Richarlison. Um, I thought he worked incredibly hard today. He, he really, really put a shift in. So for me, I would say I can't choose actually between Benton Kerr and Richarlison. Probably, no, look, I'll give it to Benton Kerr because I thought he was outstanding in the middle of the park, but Richarlison for me really running close. What about you, Kim? Yeah, um, same. I think Ben and Kerr, as you know, as well. But I think Romero had a really good second half, and I thought Van der Ven was—he's just a great player. I was really impressed, considering he's been out that length of time to come back. I know the first two goals, the mark, like the mark, their two goals, the marking weren't perhaps all round. But I thought Van der Ven did brilliantly again when he came back. You know, he's just. He's been out a long while. He couldn't have been match fit, you know, just from the training. And, I, you know, I, I think Ange would have liked to put him in against Burnley, you know, for 20 minutes or something. I think that was said. But, like, you know, I think he did marvellous when he came back. I think it's, it's, it's out of them and Richarlison, Benton and But Romero was brilliant in the second half as well. I was really impressed. There, there wasn't really anybody that had a bad game, I don't think. You know, I think they all played well. Russ? Well, obviously, um, Benton Kerr got it. Uh, I think Rodrigo played really well. I thought he finished his goal off beautifully. A great time in the game. Um, I I really thought Pedro Porro overall played really well again today. And, uh, you know, he's so lethal from those, you know, corners. Uh, and Ryan Mason is is obviously uh, is the attacking set piece coach, isn't he? And, and Yedinak, I think, is the Milay Yedinak is the uh, defensive one. They're both doing a good job actually at the moment because you know we're we're looking pretty dangerous, aren't we, from corners? And I thought Richie's header was absolutely brilliant. I thought he was a nuisance, held up the ball well. But I think on balance. Um, I'll just go with Bentoncourt because let's not forget he's only just back really from quite a horrible injury so um, you know he's still not a full speed but he was much closer to it today and I thought he deserved it Yeah definitely Bentoncourt for me uh, personally I thought he absolutely ran the game in that Tottenham Hotspur midfield um, let's talk about the starting 11 because of course um, Romero is back today Van der Ven was back today uh, the team in full, Vicario in goal, the back four of Poro, Romero, Van der Ven, Udoggi, in midfield, Skip, Hoybier and Benton Kerr. And then the front three of Johnson, Richarlison and Timo Werner making his debut. Subs today, Forster, Austin, Royale, Dragusin, uh, Dorrington, Donnelly, Santiago and Brian Hill. Um, Russ, let's come to you on the starting eleven. Um, we did a preview show um, with the four of us a couple of days ago. Not one of us actually got the starting eleven 
uh, correct. I think it was very difficult to pick the starting eleven this week. Um, absolutely delighted um, to see Christian Romero back in the team. Delighted to see Van der Ven back in the team. Um, Werner, of course, making his debut. Dragusin ended up coming on as a sub, making his debut. Um, what did you make of that starting eleven? Was that the starting eleven you would have gone with with the players available today? Well, it, yes, it is, because I did think that Kulisevsky was going to play, and I'm sure that I wasn't alone there, but uh, obviously he would have been straight in that midfield in, in the centre. Um, I did worry a lot when I saw Hoiberg and Ollie Skip in the middle. I just thought, where's a creativity? Obviously, Bentoncourt is a creative player, but would he be able to, you know, play that way with with two inferior colleagues, albeit professional footballers. And, um, you know, Skippy played at number eight, didn't he? Um, and I thought, he, you know, it was his best performance for some time. Now, I have to say that because uh, he was, you know, he was involved in the second goal, wasn't he, when he played the ball slightly behind Timo Werner, but he got the ball to him. I thought he was showed a lot of tenacity, uh, thought pretty cleverly about how he was going to use the ball. Um, Hoiberg, for me, still infuriates me uh, by giving the, the ball away too much, often in very, very simple ways. And that is why I was concerned, and he did it again today. But to have the, the full defence back, albeit not cooking, you know, at gas mark 10, uh, but they will be soon, I, I thought was a real boost for us, really. And uh, hopefully we can get all the others back and, and start playing Ange ball. But I didn't think we'd play Ange ball today, but we did actually, didn't we, really? I mean, not quite as quickly as we can play it, but uh, overall, I, I thought they all of them did really well. Rush, you've mentioned Ollie Skip a couple of times. There has been yeah. a lot of criticism uh, yes. from Spurs fans recently on him. Um, with the way that we used to play under the likes of Mourinho and Conte, um, there's been a lot of people saying that he, that he still passes the ball sidewards, backwards a lot. Do you think that Ange Postacoglu can change the way that Oliver Skip uh, plays in certain games? And do you think he's going to improve uh, Oli Skip for the future? Well, to my eyes, he has improved him a little bit because he did pass the ball quite a lot forward today. There was a there was a few of the usuals, you know, the the easy balls and what have you. But I guess you know it's schooled into them all. You know, we keep the ball, we love the ball, we don't want to give it away. This is how you know. Let's tire the other team out. Let's frustrate them. And Ange Ball is absolutely brilliant at doing that. And then they're bamboozled with the quickness of it all. And then bang, we've scored. You know. That's how it works. Um, I don't know whether he would... I think he might keep Ollie Skip um, as part of the squad for the rest of this season because they've obviously identified that he was too conservative. They've evaluated in training whether he actually has the technical ability. And, uh, you know, he might surprise a few people. You know, I'm still not convinced that he's good enough for this level of the Premier League. But I like what I saw from him today. And I think, you know, we have to be fair. Give him credit when it's due. Craig, let's come to you on the starting eleven. Um, any surprises for you today? Romero back? Um, no, I was expecting actually Romero to start after everything we'd heard that he wanted to start. And Van der Ven was kind of uh, ready, wasn't he? Um, surprise would be... It's not a surprise, really, that Kulishevsky was left out. There was obviously a reason for it. He wasn't dropped as such, was it? He just couldn't play. So 
I think from the players available, that's he was, he was, I wouldn't say he was down to bare bones, but you know, he was one light on the bench and we had two goalies on there. So, so I suppose we were in many ways. Um, so not really a massive surprise on, on the lineup. I, I'm not really sure where else he could have gone with it. I mean, he could have handed Dragusin his, his debut, but didn't need to today. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said, I think that would have been at the expense of somebody who's perhaps a midfield, you know, uh, um, it's their number one position, so to speak. So, yeah, no surprises for me for the players that we got available, Chris. It's just, it was kind of um, needs must, I suppose. Kim, when I, when I saw the starting eleven, I was absolutely delighted to see Mickey van der Ven and Christian Romero back because, of course, that is a fantastic defensive partnership. Of course, Dragusin was on the bench today. Um, by our signing Dragusin now, it shows, uh, you know, real depth in our squad. Um, but, your thoughts on having Mickey van der Ven and, and Romero back in the team today because it gives all of us fans that huge confidence in having you know that great partnership back in the starting eleven. Yeah, I think they're a great partnership. They seem to gel so quickly. I think when it, when Romero plays with van der Ven, it seems to calm him down somewhat. He, he looks a kind of different sort of character. You know, I don't know how many bookings he picked up earlier in the season when he was playing alongside him. But I'm sure it was nowhere near um, that when he isn't, you know, they just seem to gel. And it's very rare you get that, I think, with, with two players gelling that quickly. Um, no, I, I, I was, you know, I wasn't overly surprised by the actual team. But I, I didn't I didn't have a clue that Kulu was um, ill, though. That, that was the only surprise for me. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, as Russ said, and that, I thought Skippy did well today. And uh, but yeah, see, seeing that defence back, I mean, and it, it must be like with the goalkeeper as well. It, it, it's just great to see, you know, that that, that back four and um, and Vicario there there behind. It's just brilliant, you know. It's uh, it's the best I've seen for a long. Well, it's definitely. I mean the best I've seen since the Pochettino days, the last season at YR Lane, you know, when we had Jan and, and Toby and um, and Rose and, and Walker at their finest. But but to me, I think these could go on to be far, far even better than those. Really, really strong. I've got to say, actually, in the away end today, it was absolutely exceptional as per normal with the Tottenham Hotspur fans, you know, giving the team real great support. And Old Trafford, in all the times I've been to Old Trafford over the years, it was probably the most quiet, um, you know, even approaching the stadium, coming out of the stadium, uh, whilst in the stadium, it was extremely quiet. I think that Manchester United fans are extremely frustrated by what they are seeing on the pitch and off the pitch at the moment. Um, but they did have a good start, Russ. Um, after three minutes, of course, Hoyland put them 1-0 up. What did you make of the goal that we conceded? Um, I thought um, the ball eventually fell to Hoyland, didn't it? And what a hit, by the way, with his left foot. I mean, he nearly took the net out, didn't it? Um, it was a cracking goal. Uh, Vicario had absolutely no chance. It was past him, before, you know, halfway through his dive, as it were. Um, I did think it was a little bit sloppy, but I think we have to accept that these boys need to get back into their rhythm together, this foursome, you know, and it's been... Uh, very sort of uh, disparate, hasn't it, over the last uh, few weeks? And somehow we've managed to get through it. But And I think there was a bit of confusion. There was a little bit of a lucky bounce, I think, uh, to Hoyland, you know, came off. Of it. it might have come off Romero, uh, but I could be wrong. Uh, but I thought it was a really good finish. And um, 
not really the the best start, was it? And uh, you did fear then, you know, with your fear, you know, the fears that I had about midfield in particular before the game. Oh, blimey, we're going to get overrun here. But you know, the, there's 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 something in those Vegemite sandwiches that uh, Angie's given him at the training ground because you know they're like Popeye, aren't they? Eleven Popeyes, we're all getting stronger and let's go and look what happened. Ross, let's stay with you because after eight minutes, um, Manchester United did have another great opportunity. Ericsson corner. It went all the way through to Rashford, who ended up shooting wide. Were you surprised by this point, particularly when we've got that defence back today of Van der Ven and Romero, that Manchester United had two quite easy chances in the opening eight minutes? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it worried me and it would have worried all of us because, you know, the thing was that, that, as you say, that was the first eight minutes or so. And then you're thinking, blimey, this is going to be a really long 82 minutes if we're not careful. But it didn't turn out that way, obviously. Uh, and I, I just think that the way we play football anyway, um, we're always going to give the opposition chances and, and and they've got some good players you know very good players Fernandez, Marcus Rashford, Hoyland is probably gonna long term do well there um you know there's 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 a lot of good players there and so it's a game of football isn't it they get chances we have chances whoever scores the more most goals wins it is that that simple but I thought we were a little bit rocky certainly and, um, you know, the second goal, I'm sure, will come on to in, in a little while. I, I didn't think that that was particularly brilliant either. But we didn't lose. Absolutely. Greg, let's come to you. After 19 minutes, of course, for Charleston, with his sixth goal in six Premier League games, uh, near post header. Great delivery in. And it's so good to see Richarlison on the score sheet yet again. Yeah, it's great, Edda. Great, Edda. He, he's um, he's a danger in the box from from crosses like that. That's what surprises me that Ainge um, wants the from open play anyway to put low crosses in the box. I know he's got a couple from low crosses as well, but he's so good in the air. I'd like to see us put some higher balls in um, because he, he just attacks them. Like, like I said the other week, a proper centre forward attack the cross, and you you get your rewards and. Do you know what was strange for me? I don't know if anybody else felt this, that when we went 1-0 down, where before many, many years of watching us go to Old Trafford and come away with Naffle, I wasn't bothered. I just had the feeling we was going to get back into it. I really, you know, there's no panic sort of set in me. I was just, okay. We've I felt like that all season. Yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah, I probably agree. Even against Chelsea, when we was down to nine, I had that sort of belief in me that we was going to get back into it. And we, God, did we have a chance to, you know, if Eric Dyer's volley had, had stood, I mean, who, who knows? But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I wasn't bothered at all when we went 1-0 down today. Um, and obviously pulled it back and then pulled it back again. And th at no point in that game was I concerned, other than McTominay's header in the last minute of the game, which I'm, I know we'll cover. But that one, as the ball come over, I thought, oh, no. Oh, no, the curse of old Trafford strikes again. But didn't go in. We got a draw like Russ said, and we come away with a point, and we're still in there. Kim, let's come to you. After 22 minutes, um, Timo Werner had a shot high, wide, over the bar. Uh, 39 minutes gone, you doggy headed against the post. Uh, was that lucky on our part, or was it good defending? Um, 
Well, I think he was a bit lucky. I don't think he meant to head against the post somehow. Uh, he, he, he just looked like he misjudged it to me. Um, but, um, you know, and then obviously just after that, Romero headed against the bar. I think, you know, I think obviously we, we improved so much defensively. You're going to be rusty. It's like, you know, I've got to start a, like properly a new book tomorrow. I haven't. Uh, written for a while. I'm going to be rusty. It's going to take me a while to get into it. And I think that the same can be said about like our two centre-halves today, it, you know, a little bit. Um, they were a bit rusty at first um, uh, with their first two goals, but I think they really picked it up second half. Uh, and they just look, as um, Craig just said, apart from that, McTominay, that, that last minute um, miss, we never looked in trouble in the second half to me, you know, so credit where it was due. I think it was just rustiness and, and um, you know, obviously Van Der Ven had been out longer than anyone and um, whatnot. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I did think, I spoke to my pal Jeff Dean, so I will speak to him, like, through the games and that. We're always messaging one another. And, like, I said to him, like, at half-time, I said, if we can get an early goal, second half, we can go on and win this. And I truly believe that. I said, but if we go 3-1 down, I said, you know, we could be a bit in trouble. And uh, well, neither happened in the end. So my predictions ain't great. But uh, yeah, I think if any team was going to win it, obviously it was going to be us, Chris, you know. Russ, let's come to you. After your doggy headed against the post, just moments later, Manchester United did take the lead through Rashford. Um, it does seem quite odd, the fact that I think Kim alluded to this earlier, that you know, players struggle all season. Hoyland struggling with goals. Rashford struggled all season. And then, of course, they score against us in the same game. What did you make of that second goal? Um, I, I just think that it was quick feet and uh, Rashford is a class player. I mean, it was interesting after the game. I'm sure uh, the people um, who saw it uh, on the TV coverage, uh, for the benefit of those who didn't, they were talking about who would out of Man United get in the front four or five of Spurs. And uh, the consensus was that we'd take Rashford because he's Rashford, but he wouldn't necessarily start. Uh, such has been his form. Uh, but I, I did think that it was a... A, a pretty classy finish, actually. And it was a bit sort of chaotic in that penalty area. Again, Pedro Porro. This defending with your... I understand why defenders do it. The arms behind, behind the back. But it's, you know, it's the handball law, isn't it? And uh, it, it muddies the water. And, um, I, I'm, you know, I don't particularly... I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest. Um, but, um, you know, credit where's credit due. Uh, uh, once again... Um, Hoyland's goal was really good and Rashford's was a really good finish as well, you know, and it's probably done him the world of good. But, yeah, I agree with Kim. You know, it's always against us, isn't it? You know, they don't do anything for months and then, oh, here come Tottenham. <laughs> always. We're so used to it. Russ, a couple of minutes later, um, a great ball from Oliver Skip to Timo Werner, um, who then shot wide. Now, there has been a lot of criticism, and I'd like to get all of your thoughts on the signing of Timo Werner. Um, of course, he's, he's signed for Spurs on initial loan with an option to buy in the summer. He's come saying that he wants to win titles at Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Russ, that chance for him just before the half-time break, he's been heavily criticised um, by lots of pundits and uh, former players, etc., about his lack of goals, certainly in the Premier League, in that spell uh, at Chelsea. 
surely I don't I don't want to be harsh on him because of course he got the assist uh, for our second goal um, and I think he done okay today. But surely he's got to be hitting the target in opportunities like that. Well, it's um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's um, it's something that has plagued him really, isn't it? As a professional footballer, whichever club that he's played for, you can get the odd moment of absolute brilliance from him. Uh, but he takes an awful lot of shots to score a goal. And and that's something that Ange will know about, the coaching staff will know about, we all know about it, but it's down to Ange to try and uh, change the way that he plays. I mean, he can run 100 metres in 11 seconds, so he's quick. So that speed is going to put the fear of God into a lot of defenders and probably get us a lot of free kicks, maybe, hopefully, a few penalties, uh, which we, I don't think we've had one for a while. But... Um, you know, he did say before the game, playing at Old Trafford, new club at Spurs, where he's been made really welcome. He was a little bit nervous, but the more the game went on, he, he kind of uh, got into it. And, of course, he gave an assist, as we're going to come on to, uh, for our second goal, our glorious equaliser. Uh, but I, I didn't expect him to score today. It would have been a bit of a fairy tale. He had a volley, didn't he, that he'd, he'd, he'd just put wide and or high and wide um so i think he's going to do okay for us i think he's a a useful um player to have in our attacking armory picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Craig, your thoughts on the sign of Timo Werner and his performance today? Yeah, as I said um, the other day, I think it's, like many, many people have said, it's a low-risk signing. I think it makes sense. Try before you buy. I think the buy amount is is cheap if he does well. And if he doesn't, then we send him back and look elsewhere. But again, as I said many, many times, I love players with pace. I think he's going to grow into this team. It was his first outing in British football for 18 months or whatever it is. Coming back from injury, he's, he would have been nervous. Hardly had two or three days to train with the team. Um, you could see it in the first half. He was he was taking the easy route, as I said before. I wanted to see him go on the outside and skin players and get in crosses, and he did do that in the second half, and that's almost what led, well, it did lead to our equaliser. So he'll get there. He will get there. I must admit, when he did cut inside and he, I saw him lining up for that shot, there was a part of me that thought, I know exactly where this is going, as sure as... Gary would smash a bag of pick and mix if it was put in front of him. You just knew that shot was going to end up in in the Stratford end. So I, I was like, no. <laughs> Even my boys were like, yeah, that's Timo Werner. Uh, but look, they'll get him working on that. He, he, 
I, uh, what I will say about him, I was actually pleased we had somebody taking a couple of shots. You know, he had a couple of shots. Rather than overplay it like we've been used to the last few weeks, we think, just have a shot. He had a shot. All right, it went over. And one went wide. But he'd had a shot. He'll get in those positions by using his pace. And he will get better under Ange because he will. I'm, just, I'm confident he will get better and get a goal soon. Kim, what did you make of Timo Werner today and, and what have you made of the signing of him? Because as the guys have already said, I, I think it's a very clever signing, a very low-risk signing. And of course, it gives Ange Postacoglu yet another option. Yeah, I think exactly the same. It is a low-risk signing. Um, we're under no obligation to buy him. As we know, um, he is re very reasonably priced if we do choose to buy him. And if anyone can get the best out of him, it will be Ange, you know. Um, they might have to try him. In, listen, he can play a variety of positions. And I, I can't see him being an out-and-out goal-scorer, poacher-type player for us. But he could be very useful in other ways for us. His speed is, you know, it'd be, you know, if, if just say, for instance, if Kulu's back again, against Man City, you know, it'd be a great player to bring on if you needed someone to bring on with their speed and that for the last half hour. I, you know, I'm pleased we've signed him. I think, like, and I think he's got a point to prove in, in, in English football. I mean, I did, didn't remember, to be honest, even though, obviously, I, I you know, I watch a lot of football, I did, it wasn't until we signed him that I saw everyone like talking about the misses and all like opposing fans putting things up and that. But like I thought he did all right today. It was his first game. He's bound to be a bit nervous. Um, you know, I'm glad he's got that under his belt, really. And you know, if we need him against Man City, in you know, in the next game at home, you know, may may he feel more comfortable. You know, he's. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with a signing, really. Like, it, it is a try before you buy, isn't it? Well, in stoppage time, Romero hit the crossbar. And we went in 2-1 down. And then, Russ, it took us just 50 seconds before Benton Kerr got our equaliser. Of course, Timo Werner getting the assist, as we've mentioned already. Um, two questions, Russ. Um, what did you make of the goal? And more importantly, what do you think Ange Postacoglu said at half-time? Uh, I think he would have said, move the ball a bit quicker, please, gentlemen. And uh, they did. I mean, what a pass from Christian Romero. I mean, completely sort of taking out United's midfield and then off Skippy went straight, 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 played it to Werner. Werner just behind him, did well, assist, two touches, Rodrigo, brilliant finish. Absolutely. I mean, what a goal. I mean, those fans at Old Trafford and watching on the television were treated to uh, some really good goals today. And I include Richie's header because those are not easy to score. And uh, it was a, that was a really good goal as well. Uh, but uh, I thought that Christian Romero, looking up, seeing that midfield splitting pass into acres of space. I mean, the United, I forget, that was it Miano that the United player he did gamble and go to the Spurs playing nearest him as opposed to in the centre of midfield. So, you know, uh, you know, them's the breaks, folks. But I thought Romero's pass started that whole thing off and it's so good to have him back because he is a brilliant, brilliant footballer. But I loved it. I thought it was a great goal and I thought this is it. We're going to go on and win this game and we should have done really. Great. Can I ask you about um, Pierre Mujoibier's performance today? Because um, it is kind of expected that 
Hoybier will leave the football club soon, either in this window or the summer window. But what do you make of his performance today? I personally didn't think he was that bad. Um, like Kim said, there was I don't think there was many players on the pitch did that badly. I thought it was an all-round pretty good team performance. You can tell, look, Hoybier's, um not everybody's cup of tea, but he's professional. You can't deny that. And he'll always give you 100%. That 100% might not be good enough sometimes. But I thought he'd done okay today. Um, getting stuck in, he, I, I, I thought he was a seven for me. I thought he was pretty, pretty solid. Um, didn't really do tons wrong. Um, uh, just he was playing that number six role essentially, wasn't he? So he wasn't really driving forward that much, but he was bringing the ball out. He wasn't as good as Saar or or, or a Bissouma sitting in there, but but I thought he'd done his job okay. Yeah, yeah, but he's not first choice anymore, and he's not an Ange player, is he? Really, but he does a job in there, and we have needed him these last few weeks. Kim, let's come to you. In the 79th minute, um, Brian Hill came on. Um, of course, Timo Werner went off. What did you make of uh, the last 10 minutes or so of the game with, with Brian Hill involved? Because he's had a couple of opportunities under Ange Postacoglu, um, albeit a lot of them from the bench. Um, do you think that Brian Hill will be another player to improve under Postacoglu, or do you think that we will end up letting him go? I think we're going to have to let him letting him go. Um, you know, I'd like him to succeed. Obviously, you want every player you sign to succeed, but there's something about Brian Hill that he just, I think it's his physique, he just doesn't seem to me like he's going to, you know, in different countries, yes, perhaps, where they play a different style of football, but I think the Premier League's going to be too physical. He's so slightly built, and I just don't know. I just don't think... Um, you know, I've been screaming for weeks, but obviously I can understand why, why Ange hasn't brought on Donnelly rather than Brian Hill, you know. But, um, you know, I, I, having watched the under-23s a lot on that, I know what I know. it's hard like to bring someone like Donnelly on at Old Trafford and we're not two goals up or something. But, um, you know, I, see, uh, having seen what Donnelly can do, I'd much rather see Jamie Donnelly come on than Brian Hill, if you get my drift. If that's all the options... On the bench, um, I don't, I don't, I'd like him to succeed, but I just, it, it, it Brian, he was the only one I'd say today. It just don't really, it, it, I, it, it, I just don't think he's going to crack it there. I don't, and I'm sorry if you're watching, Brian, but I mean, going back to what you said to Russ earlier, what did he say at half time? Can I answer that question? Go for it, yeah. Half time, he would have said what Big Alex said years ago. Come on, lads, you've seen them play. It's only Man United. <laughs> love it, love it. Kim, Kim, let me come back to you on Brian Hill, because in the 86th minute, Brian Hill um, had the ball. Um, he put it into the box. No one there. Whose fault is that? Players not attacking or him not putting in the right space? Uh, I don't know. It's difficult to say, isn't it? Do you know? You, you know you, you, it's difficult to say, but... Um, you know, I just listen. What I've seen of him, obviously, he hasn't had a full chance, but he has started. He has started some games, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's just. I think hasn't he started a couple of games this season, or have I got that wrong? He's had limited He's had he's had limited opportunities under Ant. But um... the problem with that, you've got to try and take these opportunities. Like when you come on, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, Ange must trust him somewhat to keep bringing him on. So, you know, 
So let, let's just hope. Um, I'd love to be proved wrong. I really would. You know, he seems a likable guy and, and like I'd love to be proved wrong. But he just seems, I think it's his physique and he just seems too slight and easily knocked off the ball for me. But, you know. Rush, want to talk a little bit about Destiny of Doggy because uh, many pundits have come out and said that he's the best left-back in the Premier League right now. Um, I thought it was another outstanding performance from him and uh, how much more do you think we can get from him? Well, I mean, he's young. Um, I think uh, he doesn't know everything about the game of football, but he's learning very quickly. I mean, I, I, I think realistically, he would get in any team in the Premier League in his position right now. And that's way ahead of schedule to where we all thought he was going to be. I think it was right at the beginning of the season. Uh, we were talking, uh, you and I, Chris, and your guests, and uh, you know, we were saying he's definitely going to be one of the best fullbacks in the world someday. Well, he's on, he's on the way um, towards that already, isn't he? Um, incredible. He's got pace. He's, he's got skill. He's got vision. He's fearless. He can tackle. Uh, without drawing uh, too many cards, uh, you know, he, he can play the ball into dangerous areas. We, you're just as like, likely to see him in the opposition penalty area than ours as well. I mean, him and Porro, I think, have been an absolute revelation under Ange. And they're completely different players, aren't they? They both have completely different skill sets. But the way they fit into the team is is absolute genius. Russ, right at the end of the game, um, Radu Dragusin, of course, uh, our second signing yeah. of January transfer window, came on for Oliver Skip. What have you made of um, the signing of Dragusin? Because, of course, this is a this is very clear that Ange wanted a centre-back in and this is the man that he wanted. What have you made of the signing? Well, uh, Ange wanted him. Ange got him. He wanted to come to the club. I mean, I do think his agent was a bit not the brightest uh, after he put pen to paper and had joined the club, yeah, well, you know, it's almost like he's passing through for two or three seasons. I don't think the player would have been very happy about that. And maybe, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, it was lost in translation. I suspect it wasn't. Uh, so I, I, I don't think that was particularly good, but we all know what agents are like. Sorry to all those agents who might be dipping into this fine programme that Chris runs. Um but um, I, I think that he is a stopper. He's, he's a tough player. I don't really know that much about him, not having watched Genoa every week for the last two seasons. So I'm not going to lie. Uh, but everything I hear about him from people who do watch a lot of Italian football and Romanian football uh, say that he is potentially another really good player. And that's obviously why. And wanted him, and I was really pleased he got his debut today. He didn't put a foot wrong, did he either? Brilliant. It's great to see both signings in uh, nice and early in the January transfer window. And of course, as oh. you just said, Russ, both of them straight involved uh, in, a, in our very next game. Um, Craig, what have you made of uh, the signing of Dragusin? And I think the thing that is really important for me as a Spurs fan is to see that Ange Postacoglu is making the decisions, bringing in the players that he wants. Then that's the key, isn't it? Not not club bought players, not as Conte called them, club a club signing. Um, he's got the two players in that he wanted so far. Um, we'll perhaps come on to the third later in the transfer window, but um, he clearly wanted 
well, yeah, I'm sure he want, would have wanted Tadebo or whatever his name was, but he, he wasn't just, you know, you just can't get some players no matter what. Um, I think it's a clever signing. Um, Dragusin looks like he can play uh, either side of centre back, even though he, he was he there today. I, I, where was he playing when he came? He was playing CDM, wasn't he? Centre midfield almost, wasn't he? When he came on. Well, to be honest, Craig, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're riddled with injuries. Of course, Van der Ven went off as well. So, you know, it's yeah. just, just fitting in wherever you can. <laughs> I think, yeah, well, that's what I thought. I thought, where is he actually playing? And he was obviously sitting deep. He wasn't going forward. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's a good sign-in. As, as Russ said, the agent's talk was a bit daft. I hope CAA base pick him up, to be honest with you. They seem to have a lot of players at Tottenham. Uh, it's probably best to uh, be away from him. But, yeah, it's just the agent bigging up the player. And, you know, it's, it's early days. He had two, two sessions with the team, if that. So, it's, um, it's I, I really want to see him have a start. Um, and then I don't think you can judge him until a month down the line to see how good he is. Like Russ said, I haven't watched much Italian football, if any. I don't, I've don't. I've only seen YouTube clips of him. So, it'll take him a few weeks to settle it but what is good I love like you said Chris is the fact um, and throws these players in rather than under potch one of the criticisms of him was uh, it seemed to be months before he would trust players whereas Andrew says well go on we signed you go and play and I think that's fantastic you know um, so you know he may even maybe get a start against City who knows Kim, let's come to you um, on Radu Dragusin and the way that Spurs have conducted themselves in this January transfer window, bearing in mind that no other Premier League club seem to be in doing business and Spurs have got two in already. How impressed are you by the way that the club are acting at the moment? Well, I am impressed. You know, Chris, that one of my biggest criticisms of Daniel Levy is the way we leave things. We gamble until the last day of the window. It really, like, you know, you know, I'm allowed to say pisses me off because it does and it has done for many years. I don't think you can afford to gamble like that when you're running, running a, you know, a, a club such as Spurs and it's let, them down, let us down so many times in the past when we either haven't got those, the players we, we went for. I think to bring them in, well, I, I, it's just good to see Daniel and Enoch back in a manager for once because... Ange has earned that in the short time he's been there. He deserves to be backed. He came out publicly a couple of three times and said he needs these players. Obviously, he needs these players because of, of the African nations and like the injuries we've got. And he's got them early, which is good. I mean, who knows whether we'd have secured a draw today if, if, if he hadn't bought those players. You don't know. It makes all the difference. We would literally have been bare bones then, wouldn't we? You know? Um, so, yeah, I am impressed that he's gone early for once and done it. I, I mean, I should imagine if we do bring in a midfielder, that might be a, a, a sort of late signing. But but once you've got the two you particularly needed, I think, and obviously with Sonny away, we needed someone to sort of cover there. If we bring in a midfielder then later, later in the window, you know, it's, uh, it's not so bad, is it? But, yeah, I am impressed with the way the club's done business this time. And credit to Daniel Levy for, for backing. He's got to learn by his previous mistakes of not backing Poch, not pressuring the squad. And hopefully, you know, maybe he might have learned by it now. Who knows, you know? But you, you're never going to win or be successful until you learn by previous mistakes. Kim, it does kind of prove, though, that it's not just about spending money. It is about 
identifying the right players and the recruitment uh, process being absolutely right for the football club. Because when you look at players like Ondombele, you know, a record signing, Lo Celso, you know, he's out injured at the moment, but we've had very little from him since yeah. signing him. £100 million combined on those two players. Yeah. It's not necessarily sometimes about the money, is it? No, it's not about it's a, As I touched on earlier, it's identifying the right people to fit in that squad, personality-wise, workmanship-wise, people that people that it's not just all about the skill. And Belly's got skill, but he hasn't got the he hasn't got the get up and go to go with it. It's it's about identifying players who want to improve. Look at the comments Vicario comes out with about and the way he's dropped down leagues and worked his way up because he wanted to play. Someone like that, you can't help but be impressed with. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what Andrew's going for. Like, you know, he's going for players who he knows will fit in. You want a happy dressing room, you know. You don't want divas in there. You don't want someone who thinks they're better than anyone else. You want a happy dressing room where everyone's working and pulling together. And I think that's the aim there. And it's great to see. Russ, how does it make you feel as a Spurs fan when the likes of Vicario come out and say, I would have signed in blood and I would have walked to England to sign for Spurs. I'm so excited. Well, I mean, it's lovely to hear, really, isn't it? Because over the years, we can all think of a few players who played for us who couldn't wait to get out the door. Uh, so, um, you know, it's nice that the yin and the yang of uh, transfers and players' personalities is shifting our way a little bit. Dragusin said the same. He wanted to come to Spurs. I mean, the Premier League, let's be absolutely clear, is a big attraction for a lot of uh, these players as well. I mean, I, I agree with everything that that Kimberly said there. Um, couldn't have put it better myself. The only thing where I think now we've got this football department uh, who are obviously working uh, with the board and the chairman, and it all seems to be going very well at the moment. The only area that I hope they really put a little bit of effort into, more effort, is domestic homegrown players. Uh, because you need them as part of your quotas anyway, obviously, for squads and what have you. But homegrown talent. And there will be people watching now and listening, and they'll say, well, Brennan Johnson, they've done that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Might, we might come on to him in a minute, maybe, uh, Chris. But you you do need homegrown players and clever scouts who can unearth these little gems before other people do, and that's not easy. So I hope we get involved in that as well as the international side of thing, bringing in uh, non-UK players. Yeah, let's go uh, Let's go there. Craig, um, what do you make of Brennan Johnson today and what have you made of him so far in a Spurs show? I, I think he's a young kid with still loads to give, to be honest, if you're looking at the whole. I don't think he was brilliant today, um, but you can see there's a player in there. Um, I don't think we can expect too much. I, th I think we got lucky when we signed Deli Alley. I think he was uh, a phenomenon at that sort of age. Um, he kind of burst onto the scene, Michael Richards style, didn't he? He, he was he was just phenomenal in that first season. Um, and Brennan Johnson's, you know, you, you can tell there's a player in there. People, because I see people on Twitter get him out of the club, writing him off. No, 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 no. There is a player in there. He didn't. He didn't have his best game today. I don't think he's been Brennan, the best of Brennan Johnson at all in any game. To be honest with you, I think he's been good in spells. But I think his final ball's got to be a bit better sometimes. He has 
got a few assists already. And I think that's only going to improve. So um, I think it was a good signing. You, you've got to be paying 10, 15 million pounds more for a homegrown player anyway. So you could say we paid over the odds for him, but that is kind of the going rate for, for a young uh, uh, locally trained talent. Um, I think a lot of clubs are going to be struggling with um, fair play uh, money. There'll, there'll be a lot lot around. Spurs aren't in that bracket. I think Villa are in danger of that. Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, um, you know, you, you could name loads. Um, we are not in that sort of camp where we've got to sell players before we can buy. So people, people can slag off Daniel Levy in the club all you want, but we are on a brilliant financial footing and uh, we haven't been silly. But you, you, you look at Players like you say, just going back to what you said about Ndombele and Lacelso. Lacelso, yeah, he's had a couple of good games, but if I could go back in time and tell the club, don't sell him, and I had any say in it, I think probably most of us would say don't sign either of them because it's been an unmitigated disaster with Ndombele, a club record signing, and it's just embarrassing, really. And I think if Galatasaray take him off our hands in the summer, I think we've had a touch, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and Brendan Johnson cost what ten million, ten and a bit million less than Ndombele. I've probably seen more out of Brendan Johnson than we saw out of Ndombele towards the end. So, you know, it's a shame because I thought he had one of the most naturally gifted players I've ever seen. He just don't want to play football, it seems. Don't want to put the effort in, and that is never going to work in an Ange team, is it? So, it's a shame. But coming back to locally trained players. Um, I agree. I'd love to see a couple of other kids coming through the academy and getting into that first team, like Harry Kane, like Ollie Skip, Harry Winks did. So, so yeah, I think it's important we keep that up and pushing the Donnellys and Dorringtons of this world. And it looks like Josh Keeley's doing well. Um, he's, he's started the last two games. Um, and somebody else got their debut. I can't remember the names escaped me that went on loan. Uh, but... Ashley yeah. Phillips, thank you, Chris. Yeah, yeah, you got man of the match, didn't he, for, for Plymouth? So, um, yeah, they seem to love him already down there. But it just goes to show, doesn't it? You know, um, we've got some good youngsters coming through. And I, I, I've said for a while that Josh Keeley is a fantastic keeper. He, he's definitely one to watch for the future. I hope they offer him a, a decent contract because I, I really do think he's going to be a really good keeper. Well, he is a good keeper, but he's only young. And that's the sort of talent we want to keep hold of. Kim, we've seen a lot recently that Jamie Donnelly and uh, Alfie Dorrington have been on the bench. Um, Alfie Dorrington is yet to make his first team debut for the club. Uh, Donnelly's come on a couple of times. Do you think that they will get opportunities under Postacoglu from now until the end of the season in the Premier League? Or do you think that the club may think about loaning one or, or both of them out in this January window? I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll loan them out in the January window. Not unless all our players suddenly come back. I don't think they can afford to look at our bench today. Um, I, I, I think they will get a chance under Postecoglou. Whether it's this season or not, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? But I think they'll be part of the, you know, the first team squad now, and and probably remain on the bench. The two of them. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, he would have, surely he would have, like, if he was going to start them or Sammy, he'd have, you know, maybe in games where if we were a couple of three goals up or something like that, 
with 10 minutes to go, he may bring them on and, and, and whatever. But um, as I said, I would be bringing Donnelly on instead of Brian Hill if it were me. But he listen, Ange knows what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? I'm not knocking the manager. Uh, maybe he just doesn't want to throw the lad in at the deep end or something. And maybe, he's, you know, cause it, 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 you don't know, do you, what his thoughts are. But yeah, Dorrington, he hasn't... Uh, but maybe a, there, there will be a game where a couple of goes up and he, he brings uh, Dorrington on for his debut, you know. Um, but I very much doubt they'll, they'll play a massive part this season. But I can't see him going out on loan either, if I'm honest. Not with... Not with, I mean, maybe now Dragusin's come in, whether he let Dorrington go out on loan in January. I can't see him letting Donnelly go out on loan. Ross, let's come to you and let's go back to the game. In the 87th minute, Van der Ven went off and Postacoglu has confirmed, by the way, that he's not injured. It was just cramp. Um, Emerson yeah. Royale came on. Um, in the 95th minute, Hoyland missed a point-blank header. Um, does, that make, does, it, does that make this result 2-2? Uh, seemed like a good result for us when when he missed that clear cut chance. Yeah, maybe I think I think it was Scott McTominay actually who missed the header. I think. Fair, fair enough. It the, away, the, the away end is quite a way away. Oh well, <laughs> is that your excuse? Um, I mean, look, we were sleeping a bit at the back there. We were nearly over the line. All he had to do was head it down. Easier said than done when you don't play football. Uh, at that level and I think we would have been in trouble and it would have just been the moment where all of us just went it always happens at this ground they are so lucky but it was good that he missed they didn't deserve to win so uh, I was very happy about that but it was a bit a bit heart and mouth wasn't it though you know when the ball was going over you're thinking oh god he's unmarked no anyway I just related a miss with Hoyland Russ sorry about that um, That's all right. Russ, let's come on to um, talk about our next game because there is now a 12-day break. Um, our next game is, of course, in the FA Cup. It is in the fourth round. We have been drawn against the champions, Manchester City. Postacoglu went strong against Burnley in the third round, which was great to see. Hopefully, and I think he's going to have to go strong in this game to get a result. Hopefully, James Madison will be back. Um, Manchester City have now found form, of course, they won their game in style yesterday at Newcastle. Kevin De Bruyne, masterclass. Um, what, what, what do you make of this draw against Manchester City? Because when we look at the stats, they've played five times at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We've won all five games and they haven't even scored a goal. How difficult is it going to be to get through this game in order to get through to the fifth round? And uh, bearing in mind, we haven't won this trophy since 1991. Is this going to be Tottenham's year? Well, you'd, you'd like to think so and say goodbye to the long tunnel that Ange talks about. I mean, uh, the guys were saying at the start of the show, we can beat anybody with our first 11 in that league, in the Premier League. And, you know, I don't think Manchester City yet are the Manchester City... Uh, that turned on the afterburners after Christmas last year. They may be, but then they don't have that look about them. Um, Harland probably, fingers crossed, won't be fit, although maybe our defenders would prefer to play against him. I could, but what about Bob? What a fantastic goal that was. Talk about good feet. I mean, and this is the thing. 
you know, they've got some cracking young players. Uh, but we can beat them. They can beat us. And I, I just have a feeling in front of our passionate fans, uh, under the lights, the FA Cup, live on telly, I think we've got a hell of a chance of knocking them out. I really do. And would they be really upset about it, City, if they were knocked out? No, don't think so. Russ, how has life changed for you since we last won the FA Cup in 1991? Because that is an incredible stat, isn't it? It feels so yeah. long ago. Um, well, uh, I'm still alive, which is a good thing. Uh, still working, um, still enjoying life. Uh, still not Craig scoring as low at golf as I'd like to, but that's <laughs> a beautiful game, isn't it? Um, it is. It's... I just, I just feel it's time that, that really in the next season or two, we've got to win the FA Cup again. I mean, we've been hijacked by some of these other clubs who won it more than us. You remember years ago, it was us who had the record. So um, life hasn't really changed much. Uh, you know, it's still positive. And I honestly believe that we can beat Man City. I'm, I'm quietly confident. What, what does the FA Cup mean to you, though, Russ? Because... A lot of the younger, a lot of the younger people, it's all about top four. But if I was to ask you, if you had the choice, Spurs to finish in the top four and play Champions League football, or win the FA Cup this year, what would you choose? Well, I'd say both, please. But um, I think because of the trophy drought uh, and where we probably at the start of the season expected to be. Uh, which was probably fifth or sixth. That's what we were thinking. Now, of course, it's like we've got to get Champions League and top four. I would have chosen at the beginning of the season uh, the FA Cup because I've got so many memories about watching it growing up and, you know, what an event it was. Youngsters today um, don't have that to enjoy like we had all those years ago where the, the whole day from breakfast right the way through to the post-match interviews on television to free-to-air television was the FA Cup. And I remember uh, 81, in the morning of the 81 Cup final, the first game, Tottenham Man City. Um, my dad came with this uh, magical box and he said, I've just got a video recorder. And we videotaped the game, Motti on commentary. And of course, it ended 1-1 and it went to a replay. But to actually be able to sit down and watch the game again, what is this kind of witchcraft? So that's one of my memories of, of the FA Cup. But of course, I remember other clubs playing in the FA Cup, the brutal Leeds-Chelsea final in the replay in 1970. I was very, very small then. Uh, coming forward, our tedious win over QPR where we won the cup, you know, um, it doesn't matter how you get over the line. If you're in the final Spurs, let's win it, please. Craig, what does the FA Cup mean to you? And do you think that Ange Postacoglu in every round that we are going to be in, in this competition this year, uh, will go extremely strong and go all out to win this cup and uh, try and put the, the, the trophy in the cabinet, which has, has been such a long wait for us? Yeah, I like to like to think he will. Um, I hope we're uh, hope we're in it more than just one more round, to be honest with you. But you know, it's going to be a tough test. But we've we you know we've proved before we got the the beating of City. Although we have had Son every time, and he, as many have said, he seems to be their main tormentor in chief. So it's going to be tough without Sonny. But you know, we can do it. I think we can do it. Um, 
what does the FA Cup mean to me? Um, as I've said before, he's, he's very much the same as Russ. I think with a, a similar vintage. Um, I, I don't really, you know, I know, obviously know Spurs won in 81 and 82. If I'm honest, I don't remember much else about the game, certainly in 81, other than Ricky Villa's goal. The, the, the FA Cup, I remember watching first, I think it was 85, 86, something like that, when Everton played Liverpool. And I remember Gary Lineker scored and then Liverpool went on to win. I think it was 85. Um, then I remember in 87, obviously, we lost that final, even though we were massive favourites. And then obviously the 91 um, uh, season when we won it. And, you know, it, it's just, it was the day in the sporting calendar because, you know, we didn't have all these channels. We had... I'm not sure when Channel 5 came on air, um, but I think we certainly only had four, um, uh, you know, to watch. And every, having sport, sport wasn't as big on television as it is now, you know, and it was the, I think growing up, we had the boat race, Wimbledon and the FA Cup final. So you didn't really have much else to choose from and a bit a few highlights of the golf every now and then. But um the FA Cup was just just fantastic growing up. It was a massive. It was the cup to win, and it's sad that the the Champions League has has kind of taken that over in Europe European competition. And obviously, it, you asked me the other time, has life changed for me? Yes, I did. Well, I think I was starting to lose my hair in '91. To be honest with you, I mean, that, I wouldn't. I did definitely have more hair. Um, I, th I think I was a virgin um, as well. Uh, so, so yes, I you know managed to have two kids since then. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, buy houses, buy two houses, buy cars, and God, so much has changed. It's, it's just incredible when you look back. It, it's it's a long, long time ago. You know, um, far too long. It's just, just ridiculous. If you'd said to me in '91, May '91, oh, okay, in the future, uh, I'm from 2024, and Spurs haven't won the FA Cup. I wouldn't have believed you because we'd won it eight times. Then we were the record holders of winning the FA Cup, and we've been surpassed by the uh, the mob down the road and the Manchester Uniteds of this world. So long overdue, long overdue. I just, I just loved for us to win the FA Cup. It just means so much. That's the great thing about this podcast. You never, ever know what you're going to learn. There you go. I was, I was 17. I was, how old was I? I was 17. I was 17. So, uh, yeah. Kim, Kim, we better come to you quickly. What does the FA Cup mean to you? <laughs> oh, I remember them all so clearly. I mean, I was, I was really a massive Tottenham fan when we played Man City. I wasn't allowed to go. My mum used to tell me, if I'd have chosen West Ham, which was only like seven stops away on a train, she'd have let me go football. Um, but because I chose Spurs, I wasn't allowed to go. I was at the games the season after. But I, I remember, do you remember all the players' wives and that being on there as well? Yeah. They used to have the whole day. And there was all the players' wives on there chatting, like, you know, which, which you never see any of now. Um but, um, yeah, I remember, like, obviously, I watched it indoors. My dad, who was a gooner, and uh, I remember the sort of the, the, the first game, which wasn't a classic, but that second game, I think, it, was it on a Thursday night? I can't remember. Yeah. Was it a night or Thursday night, the replay? Yeah. I can't remember. So it was Thursday. Uh, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday, you know, the, the goals and going mad. And then the following year, I was allowed to go over Spurs and I got my ticket. I went to the QPR finals, which wasn't... Uh, I remember turning up there with... Um, 
I'm allowed to swear on here, aren't I, Chris? Um, I was. I, I remember turning up on there because it was in the days of when you used to wear the scarves around your wrist and and everything else. I had the old butcher's coats on. Do you remember the butcher's coats? And I had crooks down one sleeve, the white butcher's coats that everyone used to write over. Do you remember those? Anyone remember those? Yeah, no. Oh, I might <laughs> um, no, back in the day, in those days, when you got the FA Cup final, you used to get a white butcher's coat, what the butcher would use to chop up the meat. And you used to decorate it yourself. I remember having crooks down one sleeve, Archibald down the other. And I remember me and my mate, like we, an old bed sheet it was, we made a flag. And I, it was Peter Ucker in goal, um, for them at the time for QPR and we put Ucker is a fucker and we got made to take it down in the middle of Wembley. Like, you know. <laughs> but those were the days, they were the good old days, you know. And then obviously it, it wasn't classics, the QPR games, there was the replay of that. But I, um, was, uh, there was a replay for the QPR game as well, wasn't there? Are you listening? Everybody. He's reeling. <laughs> yeah, but like, but then I, obviously I was at the Coventry final as well, and I remember yeah. losing that, you know, and the Milk Cup final against Liverpool when Ronnie Whelan popped up late on. So I was lucky enough as a Spurs fan to go to a lot of finals. Love that. Would love to do it again this year. Would love to do it with Big Ange, you know. But um, yeah, just let's just. And I fancy our chances against City Friday night under the lights. Do you know what I mean? Um, why not? You know, I, I do. I think I think we're in with a shout. If we get past City, I think we'll go all the way. I agree with that, Kim. I really do. Now, before I get your score predictions for the Manchester City game in the FA Cup fourth round, let's hear from former Manchester City goalkeeper Nicky Weaver. Of course, he played in goal for them between 1997 and 2007. Let's get his thoughts ahead of the game. Hi Chris and everyone at the Spurs Chat Podcast, it's Nicky Weaver here, former Man City keeper, hope you're all doing well, um, obviously the season so far, City, you know, I think there's two points behind uh, Liverpool at the moment, I think it will go to the wire, I do think City will come out on top and, and win the Premier League, um, I just think with all the experience, all the players, whatever situation they find themselves in, you know, the manager and all the players and staff, they've all been in the situation before, um, as we've seen last year, Arsenal, you know, pushed them all the way, but sort of fell at the final hurdle and, and City ended up winning it. And I think that'll be the case again. I just think City, you know, are just a little bit stronger. Um, they've got that nous and the know-how to sort of go on and, and win the Premier League. Uh, Tottenham are doing fantastic this year. Obviously, Postacoglu's come in. You know, the fans love him. It looks like all the players love him. He's really sort of galvanised the whole club. Um, they're doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, I just think they're going to come up short this year in the title race. I just don't think they've got enough experience. Um, but they're great to watch. Uh, I think they're everyone's almost sort of second team now, aren't they? Um, and I think that's a lot to do with the manager. Obviously, everyone really likes him. He's done terrific. So, yeah, um, interesting game. You know, Tottenham City, uh, personally, you know, I've got my Man City hat on. I think uh, City will come out on top, uh, but it's going to be very difficult. Um, you know, I don't think City have won at the new stadium. I don't, not even sure if they've scored a goal at the new stadium. So yeah, so it's going to be a, you know an evenly match contest. But I do feel um, that City are just going to have enough, um, you know, to go on and win, um, and then hopefully that can kickstart onto you know something really special. Obviously, last season was a massively special season for the club. Um, the treble they sort of did, um, 
you know, the, the Champions League and everything. It, it was beyond everyone's wildest dreams. So, yeah, really difficult to follow last season for City. Um, but I think they can do it. And I think, you know, I don't really think they've got going yet in the Premier League. Um, obviously, De Bruyne coming back is a huge thing. Haaland coming back. Doku now back as well. So, um, hopefully, the second half of the season, it, they're going to march. And we've seen it many, many times when City can go on these runs, you know, win 10-12 on the spin. You know, absolutely. Hopefully, they can do that again. Um, and yeah, I personally think they're going to win the title. I think Tottenham are going to come up a little bit short. So yeah, but listen, I had 10 wonderful years at City. Loved every minute of it. Um, obviously, the club's so different to what it was when I played. And it's amazing to see, you know, how far the club's coming in a relatively short space of time. But yeah, if, if I could pick one moment from my City career, it'd be the playoff final against Gillingham at Wembley. Um, the penalty shootout, absolutely, you know, fantastic memories for me personally. I think everyone connected with City. Um, has got fantastic memories of that day and uh, it's 25 years this year the anniversary of that and you know on one hand it feels a lifetime ago but on the other hand it only feels like yesterday so so yeah just i love my time at city i wish i could do it all again but yeah i had 10 great years there and i loved every minute of it um but yeah i think you know going back to tottenham uh vicario's coming this year obviously big boots to fill um hugo Lloris leaving after you know 10 11 years of fantastic service brilliant brilliant goalkeeper um, it was great to see him get a great send-off the other week as well. Uh, but I think Vicario's come in, um, obviously really good with the ball at his feet. He's made some big saves in big games. So, yeah, I think he's now in the Italian squad as well. So, he's done he's done fantastic. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's, he's done brilliant for Tottenham this year. So, hopefully, you know, he has a long and successful uh, time at Tottenham. But once again, lads, thank you very much. Hope the game uh, is a good one and uh, hopefully uh, it goes Man City's way as well. Okay, lads, see you later. Cheers. Bye-bye. Russ, let's come to you. Nicky Weaver, of course, hopes that it will go Manchester City's way. Yeah. What is your score prediction for this FA Cup tie at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Um, three last questions for you all on this podcast. Score prediction for the Manchester City game. Yeah. Where you think Spurs will finish in the league at the end of the season and will win the FA Cup, yes or no? Uh, I think we will beat City 2-1 in the FA Cup. Um, I think Tottenham will finish third in the Premier League. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's first, but I think it'll be third. And uh, what was the last question, Chris? Will we win the FA Cup, yes or no? If we beat City, yes. I agree with Kim and you. Yeah, I think we go all the way. Wow, love it. Craig? I think City will score their first goal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But I think we will win 3-2. I think it will be a high-scoring game. Might even be 4-3, something like that. I think it's going to be end-to-end. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. But I think Spurs will edge it. Um, and the FA Cup, I think I'm in agreement with Russ. I think if we beat City, we're going to go all the way. And as for the Premier League, let's dream big. I think... Uh, no, I think we're going to finish third, actually. I think we're just going to squeak third. We're being with a shout for second, but I think we'll end up third. What about you, Kim? The Man City game, I, I, my, my prediction's 3-2 as well. I think it's going to be high scoring as well. I, I'll say 3-2. Um, we'll, where are we going to finish in the league? I, I've got to say third as well. I think, um, the, But the most important thing, we will well, not most important because I want to win the league but we will be in front of the Gooners because it will be Liverpool and City that are above us and and the FA Cup I think if we beat City we'll go all the way 
I think we'll go all the way with it. What is there to fear with, you know, if we beat City and we've got big hands, we've got our players coming back, there's nobody to fear. Omar away. And it's nice Kim, to be I've got a... <laughs> Yes, it is great to be positive. I'll tell you what, I agree with every single comment that you've just come out with there. Um, Kim, thank you so much for um, coming on. And I feel like we're all happy clappers on this podcast this evening and it's great to you know get your thoughts and, and, and it's great to hear everyone so positive about Andrew and, and the way that you know this club is moving and the way that we're doing things at the moment so it's, it's great to see and it's great to hear um Kim what are you up to at the moment where can people find you I'm up to at the moment I've got my new book coming out which is the sequel it's called The Brothers um it's the sequel to my last book The Family Man it comes out March the 14th so I'm going to be really busy with touring they can find me on Facebook Instagram um yeah, just the normal, t uh, t it's not called Twitter anymore, I don't even know what it's called, but they can find me on there as well. Um, yeah, so I've got a new book coming out for for March, and I'm just about to start the last in the series of that. So, Have you got book signings coming out as well? Book signings going uh, on? I normally do a tour, I normally go up and down the country, I don't quite know what's going on with it yet, because like, my normal publicist is on maternity leave, um, so I've got a new publicist, and I'm not sure what sort of tour, but I normally go sort of, Scotland, Manchester, Liverpool, and all that. I'll go, I'll go on tour, like it's like a KC on tour thing. But it's exciting because I've not had a book out for a couple of years there, so I'm really excited about it. It's a good book, and also, well, best of luck with that, Kim. Thank you so much for coming on, and we look forward to having you on again very soon. Um, Russ, thank you so much for coming back, and uh, it's so nice that everyone is so positive. Where can people do? Um, I will be Nation Radio tomorrow morning from 11 o'clock. Nation 80s from 6 a.m. Two shows in one morning. So if you love 80s, uh, DAB online on the app, The Nation Player, uh, do tune in and come back to the greatest musical decade ever, and that'll be on Nation Radio in Wales, Scotland, all over London uh, from 11. And uh, I should be sitting down after that and narrating... My audio books, I do a lot of, Chris, I've just literally had one published that I did for an author in the Peak District about uh, Detective John Gammon. Uh, little mysteries like Morse with Attitude, and that's just been published on Audible. So I'm doing three books at the moment, narrating. So, Kimberly, if you want somebody to narrate your book, have a word with me. You've got a great voice for narrating, actually. I do loads of <laughs> Cockney villains, you're not Cockney enough for mine. Oh, right. yeah, can love. I'll be bloody Cockney if I want to. <laughs> we'll keep you in mind, mate. We'll keep All you right. in you, well, I hope it goes well. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think that was a I think that was a polite no, Russ. There was, <laughs> but you know, you can't win the FA Cup, maybe win the Premier League and narrate Kim's book, can you? Well, Russ, thanks so much for joining us and uh, pleasure having pleasure, you back mate. on. Thank you for asking. Um, Craig, thanks so much. Where can people find you? Yeah, on X, if you want to give me a follow, it'd be nice at DMN9. I'm as common as shit, Kim, so you can always get me a voice, something, if you want. Um, I'm available for a very small fee. I don't charge much. Um, but can I, can I just say, um, the club, have, you know, we've covered it before, but the club, the board, the Daniel Levy especially, gets so much stick. Um I'll, I'll probably get stick for saying this, but uh, fair play to them for whether it be learning, listening, whatever it is, they seem to finally get it and going in the right direction. So you've got, if you're going to criticise, 
you've got to give them credit where it's due. And I think they're doing a really good job at the moment. Long may it continue back in the manager because it kind of proves that it works. You know, um, we're in this great position. We're in a great position financially. We've got to build in a fantastic squad. We've got a good feeling around the club. Suddenly everything seems a bit different and things, dare I say, it seem to be coming together. We've been through some dark times, but hopefully we're on the way up and the way back and hopefully we'll get a trophy over the line. But, I, I, you know, I, you, where you criticise, you've got to say kudos and well done to, for certain things. And I just wanted to say that because I think that it's fully deserved at the moment. Well said. Kim, did you want to add anything to that? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I've been, you know, I think Daniel's done a wonderful job for the club overall with the stadium and that. But us fans don't go to football to look at a pretty stadium or eat nice food. We go there and watch a winning side. And he has made a cock up with the last couple of managers. There's no, there's no two ways about that. And he also made a cock up when Potts was there by not backing him. Let's hope he's learned his lesson. I praised him earlier. He has got the signings in early. And, like, you know, you've got to learn by your mistakes in life. And let's hope that, that Daniel has learned. And, like, because if we lose this manager, that well, we don't even want to think about it because this is... Angie's one of the best things to happen to Spurs in all the years I'm supporting them. So let's just keep Ange happy and we go from there. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, credit for bringing the players in early. But like, that's his job at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, you can't you gamble the last out of window, end off. You're sounding like Roy Keane now, Kim. But hopefully, uh, hopefully we can <laughs> get a trophy or two in before Ange eventually leaves the football club. But yeah, there oh, is, no. uh, there is a, a good feeling. Why would he want to leave? Exactly, exactly. There's a good feeling right now. Um, we're we're all happy clapping. Let's hope that the happy clapping does continue and let's hope that we can lift the FA Cup and, uh, you know, it starts uh, a week on Friday against Manchester City in the fourth round of the FA Cup. And uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for all of the support on the podcast, as usual. I'll be back tomorrow as I'll be talking to Ryan Taylor, um, sports journalist with the Daily Mirror, to... Uh, give us an update on all of the transfer news involving Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. So hopefully see you there. Um, but until the next time, come on you Spurs and thank you so much. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.